Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. A great passage on, on the on unity of the Father and Son being one is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 22. If you could find it as fast as you can, it sure would be good if you could find it to see what the Bible says there. John 17, 20 through 22. John chapter 17. This is what this is the Lord praying to the Father. Actually, if this passage is the Lord's prayer. Now we think, we think in the book of Matthew that, that's the Lord's prayer, but that's, that's the disciples prayer, uh, he, where he teaches disciples to pray. But in this passage, you really have the Lord's prayer. In John 17, 20 through 21, it says, look, look at Jesus praying to the Father in the, in the closing days of his ministry. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one. Look, underline that, that they all may be one. Jesus prayed that we be one because he knew he knew what Satan would do in trying to keep the church divided, separated, and all broken to pieces. And look, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Look, underline this, that they also may be one in us, one in us. Jesus prayed again and again that we be one, that the world may believe. You know, when we are unit, when we are united front and we're all saying the same thing, the same way, and we're not focused on politics and we're not focused on tradition and we're not focused on entertainment. We're not focused on clothes and we're not focused on the color of the carpet, the color of the chairs, the color of this, the color of this. We're not focused on all that side stuff. When we are a united front for the kingdom of God, we can make an impact. And when the world speak, I mean, when the church speak, the world will tremble. If we are a united front that the world may believe when they see us unified, they say, you know what? They're so strange. I've never seen such kind of unity. I want what they have. Let me in that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22 and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Look, look, look here now that they may be one just as we are one. The father and the son was uh, inseparable. They were united. And God prayed that the church be one and say this doing everything within his power, that the church be divided, fragmented and uh, just messed up in a way that breaks the heart of God. With that being said, what keeps the church unified and in the spirit of oneness? What keeps the church unified and in the spirit of oneness? It is the inner desire of, of, of my heart that Maranatha be a church of oneness. Of oneness, but we got to know. We have to know what keeps the church unified in the spirit of oneness. Number one, unity and a spirit of oneness comes when there is an increasing number of people getting saved in the church. Unity and a spirit of oneness comes when there is an increasing number of people getting saved in the church. 
The church cannot be unified when unbelievers outnumber the saved in the church. Now, that's an unholy mess when you got maybe 20 people saved in the church and 50 of them lost and don't even know they lost. How are you going to unite <laughs> like that? Let me just say that again. Unity and a spirit of oneness comes when there is an increasing number of people getting saved in the church. The church cannot be unified when unbelievers outnumber the saved, especially in church leadership. Satan loves to work himself in the leadership of the church to wreak havoc in the church. He loves to be a coordinator. He loves to be in the deacon's ministry. He loves to be on the elder board. He loves, he loves to be the head of committees and all these things. He work himself there. He'll, there are people who talk like they're saved, but they don't have salvation eternally. And, and you're not in the spirit. And then you put people in position because they look good, got a good rap, got a good talk. And then when they get in that position, then the real reality of that person really comes to surface. And you say, oh, my God, what have we done? And it's easy. I'm going to tell you something. It's easy bringing folk on, but it's hell getting them out without a lot of hurt, harm, danger, splits, misunderstanding. And on and on it goes. Second uh, Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 B says, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? You know, so my mission is to see everybody under my voice right now saved. Saved. Because if you're not saved, then forget about the nursery. Forget about the counseling ministry. The greeters, the ushers, the media ministry. If you're not safe, we got to go back to point A. Like, like the coach said when they, when they mess up in football and he bring them back in the room, uh, during halftime, he said, guys, you forgot the fundamentals. This is a football. You know, and sometimes I have to go back to the beginning and tell you because we got so many folk have lost their purpose in the church, but I serve notice on to you today. This is a Bible. And this Bible tells us how to be saved. And if you're not saved, you're fighting a losing battle. It's too much crime, too much heinousness, too much drugs, too much wickedness, too much immorality for you to be sitting here not saved. You got to know that you know, that you know, that you know, you know, you know, that you've been born again. Second Chronicles 614b says, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Beloved, listen to this. It is impossible for unity to coexist between the saved and unsaved in the Lord's church. Did you get that? It is impossible for unity to coexist between the saved and unsaved in the Lord's church. So the first order of the day is get children saved, get husbands saved, get wives saved, get the seniors saved, get the millennials saved, get, get the whatever generation, get them saved. Secondly, what keeps the church unified and in the spirit of oneness? Number two, listen, you cannot promote unity if your heart is troubled. You can, you listen, if, you, if your, your spirit is troubled, your heart is troubled, how are you going to be an agent of unity? John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. And how do you calm your heart? Believe in God. Keep believing in God. 
Keep doing the things that got you here. Hold your position. Be like the tree planted by the rivers of water and don't you be moved. Keep on believing God. I declare to you today that I believe God. My wife and I were talking. I told her about this. I told her, I am ready. I am ready to die. Now look how quiet y'all got. But, but can you say that? Some of you can't say you're scared or you're not sure. You better be able to say it. You got to keep on believing God. You don't believe him today and not believe him tomorrow. You got to believe him in the best of times, the worst of times, and nobody or nothing should shake your God-given faith if you've truly been born again. That's how your heart gets settled down. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Look to me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Hope in me. In other words, refuse to immerse yourself in bad news that can keep you in a perpetual state of being disturbed. You're looking at all these images on television. Yes, we should look at it. But I'm going to tell you something. Don't you live in it. Did you hear what I said? Don't you live it. Find gun smoke or something. <laughs> find a cowboy movie. Find some. Find I Love Lucy. Find a Beverly Hillbilly. If you got to go there, find Sanford and Son. So you, some of y'all just need to laugh. Go find, find something. Turn the channel. Once you know what's going on, get off of it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Refuse to immerse yourself in bad news that can keep you in a perpetual state of being disturbed. And and during this um, crisis unrest, I've had many of my white pastors call me in in town and out of town. They said, Drape, you all right? Drape, I stand with you. Drape, I I, I just want to know. And they were praying with me and talking with me. And I was telling them, I said, you know what? I'm glad we're not trying to make a relationship through this. I'm glad we had a relationship long before this happened. (laughs) We've been exchanging pulpit with with other races and all that. We've had all kinds of folk. We got black missionaries, white missionaries. We got all kinds of missionaries because the church knows no color. Amen. (laughs) Oh, they know no color. Well, well, I have one pastor call me and say, well, Pastor Draper, if I have to, if you want me to, here's what one pastor said. I'm not calling that. He said, if you want me to, I'll do it. I'll come over to your church as a white man and I'll, I'll, I'll actually repent, uh, for the sins of my forefathers to your congregation. Did you hear that? Wow. You see, the man was just as serious as he could be. We were both talking in the middle of the night. He was just called and he was talking and, um, and shared. It was just striking. I can go on and on. They are reaching at me, all to me, all kinds of ways. Because, because what you see on the news, they focus on the things that you see and the people and all the things that's happening at that. But that every white person doesn't think like that. And every black person don't think like that. We have to be the bigger person and we have to be Christians in a foreign land. Amen. Amen. 
Refuse to immerse yourself in bad news that can keep you in a perpetual state of being disturbed, agitated and angry. Once you know what is going on in the news, then disconnect and do not overload, overload yourself. Be be purposeful in doing things that are calming, calming, relaxing. Do something to relax yourself instead of just getting worked up round the clock. You, you know, stand against evil, uh, speak up when, when, when it's warranted. Uh, there's no, nothing wrong with protesting peacefully, nothing wrong with none of those things. But at some point, too, in the midst of all this, you have to disconnect, refocus, and make sure you haven't lost your purpose in it all. Here's how you, you do this by focusing on Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8 is a great scripture to enable you to do this. Philippians 4.8 will help you laugh again. You say, what is there to laugh about with everything going on? I tell you what, yes, we ought to cry. Yes, we ought to be angry. Yes, we need to have uh, 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 some conversations and all these things on and on and on. But I'm going to tell you what, you have to, but you can't let your life stop. You still have to press on. Okay. Be willing to laugh with your spouse or laugh with your children to enjoy your family. Don't stop doing what got you here because the nation is in a crisis. Address it. Do what needs to be done as we see evil. But enjoy your family in the process. Enjoy your church. Enjoy your relationships. Philippians 4 says, finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, that's what you focus on. The media, the media, the media don't tell it all and they know how to edit stuff out that they don't want you to hear. Uh, whatever things are noble, okay? Focus on things that are just and equitable. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are good report. Good report. Now, for every bad report you hear, you ought to find, wait a minute, what is the good God want me to see? I want to focus on a good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on the things that can build you up, that can edify you, that can encourage you, that can lift your spirit. Thirdly, listen, what keeps the church unified is when believers seek the interests of others and not themselves. What keeps the church unified is when believers seek the interests of others and not themselves. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Satan loves to prompt believers to promote themselves. If you're seeking self-interest, you're going to destroy the unity of the church. Satan loves to prompt believers to promote themselves and their personal agenda. Satan loves uh, to seek power and influence. He loves it when you seek power and influence. He loves it when you seek to gossip and backbite, which keeps the church from her kingdom purpose on earth. Those are selfish agendas. We have to have a kingdom agenda. Don't allow Satan to prompt you to pursue your personal agenda, to seek power, influence, gossip, backbite. And on all such things. Number four, resisting the spirit of pride within believers will maintain unity and oneness in the Lord's church. Resisting the spirit of pride within believers will maintain unity and oneness in the Lord's church.
Proverbs 16, 5 says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. You prideful, you are an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Resisting the spirit of pride within the believer will maintain unity and oneness in the church. Let me tell you something. God hates pride because it is so destructive and all sin can be traced back to it. Did you get that? I'll say it again. God hates pride because it is so destructive and all sin can be traced back to pride. All sin. If you look at it in the spirit, it may take you a day or two to figure it out, but you can find pride at some point in that sin. Finally, but not the least, this is a big one. Don't choke, please. The family, church, and workplace cannot function in unity and the spirit of oneness until we as Christians resist and refuse to allow ourselves to be used by Satan. Do you not know you can be used by Satan and don't even know you're being used by Satan? Look how quiet it got now. No amens on that, but that is true. Again, I said, the family, church, and workplace cannot function in unity and the spirit of oneness until we as Christians resist and refuse to allow ourselves to be used by Satan. John 10, 10, a says the thief does not come except to steal, underline steal. That, that's, that's a work of the enemy. And to kill, that's a work of the enemy. And to destroy, that's, Satan has a destructive agenda all the way around. Okay, now listen. Listen at this. If anyone steals, the Bible says, thou shall not steal. That's sin. If anyone kills, that's it. We were made in the image of God. We should not murder. And if anyone destroys, destroy your body, destroy the properties of others, businesses of others, that's of the devil. They are being used by the enemy. I don't care what color they are. I don't care where where they're from. The truth is the truth. Listen to this. Now, listen to this. It gets heavier. Even when the cause is just. Oh, God, help me say this because people are listening. Even when the cause is just. If the means is energized by Satan. You defeat the purpose with the best of intentions. Okay, if anyone steals, kills or destroys, they are being used by the enemy, even when the cause is just. If the means is energized by Satan, you defeat the purpose with the best of intentions. Listen closely where there is no submission to the word of God. Where there's no submission to governing authorities, you say, I don't like what, what the people in authority are doing, then vote them out. That's why we have elections. We're not totalitarian society. We're not communists. You can vote folk out. And some of you get mad, you're not even registered to vote. 
You know, you be mad, mad, mad. You have you vote? Oh, I haven't voted in ten years. Well, go, go, go back home. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Well, there is no submission to the Word of God, submission to governing authorities, submission to church leadership. There will be an increase in divorce. There will be an increase in rebellious children. There will be the breakdown of the family. There will be a divided and fragmented church. And there will be a lawless society. There will be a lawless society. The scripture says in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Which, which are you? It's nothing wrong with a peaceful protest. Nothing wrong with doing things honorably, respectfully, peacefully. Martin Luther King believed in marching for peace. A peacemaker will have a righteous indignation. Should we be mad, upset, uh, have a righteous indignation of what happened to, to Mr. Floyd? Yes. There ought to be a righteous indignation about evil perpetrated like that. It doesn't stop there. We ought to have a righteous indignation against sin. We ought to have a righteous indignation about injustice. We ought to have a righteous indignation against police brutality. We ought to have a right righteous indignation against abuse of authority. We ought to have a righteous indignation about killing and injuring police. We ought to have a righteous indignation about hate. We need to have a righteous indignation about racial prejudice. We have, we should have a righteous indignation about the use of profanity. We ought to have a righteous indignation about fist fighting. We ought to have a righteous indignation against rioting. We ought to have a righteous indignation against looting. We need to have a righteous indignation against all destructive behavior. All without losing our Christian testimony. When you lose your Christian testimony, you lose the right to speak on the issues. As I close, be mindful. We are ambassadors. Ambassadors. We are God's representative on earth. This world is not our home. We are ambassadors. We represent God on planet earth who represent Christ on earth. We represent Jesus and he is the only answer in a world and nation that's in a tremendous crisis. We have the answer, and the answer is Jesus, and we must speak the name of Jesus with a shout to the glory of God, and all God's children said, God bless you. And Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. This is not a popular message, and it takes courage to preach it. Because I don't care how well I say it, somebody find a way to get mad about it, even in this congregation. But Father, I'm not here to pacify people. I'm not here to make people feel good. Only the truth will set folk free. And I'm going to keep doing what got us here. This church and everything in it was built by the authoritative word of God. And I'm too old now to be retreating. I want to stand tall. I want to be a voice. 
I want to serve you until you call me from labor to reward and not be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And may Maranathians rise up and be the church. May they speak truth in the midst of confusion, truth in the midst of hate, truth in the midst of animosity, truth in the midst of misunderstanding, truth in the midst of anger, truth in the midst of lies, truth in the midst of hurt, pain, murder, injustice, and on and on it goes. Lord, help us to proclaim truth from Holy Scripture. And all God's children said, Amen. If you're here and know not the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you Jesus. The Lord is calling today. You heard a word from God. I came straight from the scripture. If you have a problem with what I said, don't go to me, go to God. I'm just his messenger. I love you too much not to tell you the truth. Times are too bad for us not to hear truth. I love you so much until I want you to be people of truth, growing in truth, standing for truth, speaking for truth, and not being ashamed of the truth. So help me God. But if you don't know the truth, if you don't know Jesus, he's the truth, he's the way and the truth and life, we invite you to come to Jesus now. He will save you from your sins. He will help you in your condition. Some of you are angry. Some of you are upset. Some of you are disturbed. Some of you are perplexed. Some of you are living in fear, worry, all kinds of things. Jesus is the answer for the world today. You come to Jesus and let him, and Jesus can do what you can't do. Stop trying to fix yourself. You can't fix you. If you could fix you, you would have been fixed by now. You come to Jesus. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, now good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.